And now, the hosts of Surge Baseball and Beyond, Cookie Rojas and Tim Grubbs. Welcome, fans, to the first episode of Surge Baseball and Beyond. I am uh, one of your hosts, Cookie Rojas, Senior Vice President of Sports and Entertainment Ventures for the Wichita Wind Surge. And I am with my co-host, the voice of the soon-to-be Wichita Wind Surge, Mr. Tim Grubbs. How you doing, Tim? Well, I'm doing great. Uh, well, I guess with all things being said, I'm doing really well. Um, early April, normally we're really busy right now, getting ready for opening day. Yeah, yeah, it's a little crazy. Folks, I want to apologize. This is episode one, and we are recording remotely, as uh, most of you folks are experiencing working from home and, and stay-at-home orders. Uh, I'm on the uh, east side of Wichita, and Tim, I think you're on the west side or northern side. No, you're not even, you're outside of town, right? I'm actually, I'm in, I'm near Mays, but I'm actually still in Wichita. Ah, okay. It would be considered northwest, northwest of, you know, where the ballpark is. Gotcha. And I'm just east of where the ballpark would be. And through uh, modern technology, we're here talking and uh, we want to thank uh, the app that we're using right now to be able to communicate. I think it's called Zencaster. I'm not sure. Not a sponsor, but thank you very much for, for giving us an opportunity to record our first ever broadcast. So, uh, Tim, um, just share a little bit of information about each other, just so our fans know who we are, and then we'll talk a little bit about what the show hopes to be. Uh, folks, I'm from uh, New England. I'm from Rhode Island, not a part of New York, but still hit hard by this uh, uh, COVID-19 coronavirus that we have going on right now. I am a New England sports fan, so please don't hold that against me. Uh, but I worked with you for several seasons uh, with the New Orleans Baby Cakes, Zephyr's then Baby Cakes, and uh, I, like you, made the move to um, Wichita, Kansas, and uh, been here now for about seven months, and uh, so far so good until we had this abrupt halt in uh, what was going to be our inaugural season, and hopefully will be. Uh, but I run sports and entertainment, and uh, what that means is we have 70, ballpark, 70 games in the ballpark um, every year with AAA baseball, some of the finest athletes, uh, baseball players on the planet, and I'm in charge of everything that goes beyond that, um, and that's where the beyond comes in our title. So I'm in charge of any type of festivals, concerts, and events that we hope to have at the ballpark in the near future. So that's my role. That's what I do, and part of my duties is being the host of this, and I actually love doing this because it gives an opportunity to really connect with our fans and talk about what's going on on the inside uh, of Wichita Wind Surge Baseball. And Tim, can you share a little bit with the folks out there about what you do? Yeah, no. Um, so I'm a, my main role with the ball club is uh, is the broadcaster. So I'm the one that uh, will be on the airwaves all 140 games, you know, most seasons, uh, <laughs> home and away, 70 at home, 70 on the road, handle the post-game show, pre-game show, and the uh, play-by-play for the in-game of the broadcast, and also coordinate all the team's travel, um, handle some public relations, and, uh, you know, some corporate sales. So um, I had been with uh, the New Orleans team for 18 years, so uh, I was fortunate to be in AAA baseball for uh, 18 years. This is uh, my 26th season Goodness. in minor league baseball, so uh, excited to be here. Um, you know, if the quality of the audio isn't that great, we're working through this. Usually Cookie and I, who we've done this podcast in New Orleans um, for the last, what, three or four years, or four we're years usually years. sitting right next to each other when we do this. So <laughs> we're just trying to uh, use some new things here and uh, hopefully, you know, uh, we'll be able to tinker with it and be able to figure this out. But I- I'm actually hopeful that in the next 30 to 45 days that we can actually uh, 
be sitting right next to each other in our new studios at our new offices at the ballpark. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be real cool for us to be in the studio designed for us to be able to interview players, being able to interview front office staff, being able to interview artists that come through the ballpark, performing artists, you name it. It's going to be, it's going to be so much fun. And, and to that end, I know our very first guest, you had the pleasure of speaking with uh, Lou Schweckheimer, who's the managing partner of our franchise. And uh, I think our guests are really going to enjoy uh, listening to that. But before we do that, Tim, you're from what part of the country again? Oh, yeah, I forgot. Um, I'm from Pittsburgh, <laughs> oh, Pittsburgh, not, Pennsylvania. There you go. You got to make sure you get that clear. <laughs> yeah. So I, I have lived in North Carolina. I've lived in Tennessee and I've lived in Louisiana, New Orleans, and I've never had to say the full word. You know, I've always said, you know, where are you from? I'm from Pittsburgh. Oh, you're a Steelers fan? Yeah. You know, Penguins fan? Sure. You know, but my first day here in Wichita, I think one of my first meetings, you know, back when we were just Wichita Baseball 2020, yeah. someone asked me like, hey, where are you from? And I said, Pittsburgh. And they're like, oh, you had an easy move here. And I kind of gave them the look of what? And I realized, oh, Pittsburgh, Kansas is not too far from that's here. Right, but right. <laughs> I'm actually yeah. I'm actually looking for I actually am, I've said this for a little while now and I haven't done it. Maybe I should just get in the car and do it. I, I'm looking forward to driving to Pittsburgh, Kansas, just to see what it's like. <laughs> but that's cool. I mean, for someone like yourself, your whole life, I know you and I have you know been on this podcast for several years and we've always talked about the AFC and um, you know, your Steelers versus my Patriots, et cetera. So it's kind of funny that you now you have to actually explain yourself to folks where you're from. So it's uh, it's, it's an interesting take to say the least, though. Um, yep, Tim, no, it definitely um, is. Um, <laughs> also, uh, one of the things that's been on my mind, folks, when we do this podcast, we literally have no script. We just, we just talk. And um, one of the things that was on my mind was, Tim, you grew up in Pittsburgh, so you're a, uh, a, a Steelers fan, a Pirates fan. Uh, Pitt is that was that who you cheered for for college football? Yes, it's okay. not where I went to school, but I've been. I was born and raised a Pitt Panther fan from the early days of Tony Dorsett to Dan Marino and Hugh Green and, and so forth, gotcha. and even Curtis Martin, you know, former Patriot. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, in common. Um, one of the things that I've been dying to ask you was. Um, there is no – oh, you're also a Penguins fan so because I know we, we both love hockey. Um, right. One of the questions that I have for you that popped in my head today because I knew we were going to record is there is a movie that came out years ago, and I don't know if you remember it or not, but it starred Gabe Kaplan of Mr. Cotter fame. And wasn't it about a mythical Pittsburgh professional basketball team? Was it uh, the fish that saved yes, Pittsburgh? Yes, yes, yeah. That's it. I've been it, I've been racking my brain. I'm trying to stay off my phone and not use uh, Google or anything like that. But that was a. I remember seeing that movie as a kid, and I've often wondered, like, yeah, that's right. They don't have a pro basketball team, but you have three other major sports out there, right? Right. Yeah. No. That that movie. I don't think I watched that movie until I was like in college, you know, and I became aware of it. And I think Dr. J is in it. And there, there's some other yeah, um, some NBA old, guys yeah, in it. Yeah. And it, it's entertaining. I haven't seen it probably now in 15 or 20 years, but it's actually not a bad movie. I haven't seen it in eons. And I might have to try to find it uh, somewhere 
on the internet to see if I can watch that movie again because you brought it up. Because I, well, I brought it up because it's been in my head. I'm like, no, they don't have pro basketball there, but there was that movie and I couldn't remember what it is. So thank you for saving me on that. I was going a little crazy. Getting older doesn't help. Uh, but listen, uh, <laughs> folks, uh, enough about us. We hope you enjoy our podcast. We'll be back um, to wrap up the podcast shortly. But our very first guest is our managing partner, Lou Schweckheimer. And I had the distinct pleasure of working uh, with Lou for the last uh, 20 some odd years of my career. He gave me my first job in professional sports years ago as an usher. And uh, I made my way up through the ranks uh, that way. And uh, Tim, you had a great opportunity to speak with him and uh, hopefully the fans will enjoy it. And we'll come back and we'll talk about it a little later. Okay. Welcome back out to Surge Baseball and Beyond. Tim Grubbs here. Um, our host, Cookie Rojas, will join us here momentarily. But we're with the general partner, Lou Schweckheimer. And Lou, we're over the phone because of what our uh, current times are with this pandemic and everything. Uh, I don't want to get into any type of timeline or any type of uh, details on anything. But uh, I guess if you just want to make a statement about you know how disappointing it is that we're not playing baseball on April 14th. Well, I would say this. First of all, we're... You know, we're doing everything that we're supposed to do. We're keeping uh, everybody safe. And, and really, at the end of the day, uh, the most important thing right now, uh, and we convey the message that we hear every day, and that's to all of our friends in the Wichita community, stay safe, take care of your family. Um, we're going to get through this together. We're going to be stronger at the end of the day than we are today. Um, we just have to do the right thing. And um, baseball will come. You know, we've talked about it before. There's been, you know, national crises uh, through the last century and a half that baseball in some small way has been a part of really bringing joy back to the American population. Uh, after 9-11, who could ever forget, you know, President Bush um, through a rousing ovation just bringing America some small semblance of normalcy um, after the horrific attacks, um, after World War II, this, you know, again, you know, we, we as a nation are resilient and strong, and Wichita and the state of Kansas is also resilient and strong, and we'll just hang tough together. And uh, when this does pass, we look forward to being able to provide a, a nice, comforting family place where you can just come out and kind of get back into the slow flow of life as we knew it. And so until then, we're going to take every precaution. We're going to make sure that, you know, all of the folks that are part of the wind surge family are safe, that they're doing everything that they're supposed to do to stay safe and to keep their, you know, their distancing and be at home. And, and uh, you know, we will get through it. That's yeah. all I can tell you is we'll be stronger for it. No, I agree, and uh, I think it was well said. And uh, let's talk about you a little bit more in, in general. Um, and let's make this more optimistic, you know, because I think when baseball starts, um, patience is, you know, everything going to be great. I think everything will be awesome around here. Um, you know, you've been in baseball, you know, 40 years or so. Uh, you've renovated a ballpark up in Pawtucket. But uh, talk about how great this experience was to uh, build a ballpark basically from scratch here on the banks of the Arkansas River? Well, I think it's been one of those things that uh, you're blessed to do once in a lifetime. And we've got an incredible team of design build experts from J.E. Dunn and 
DLR and locally from EV Construction, PEC, and Schaefer Johnson, Cox Fry. And what's amazing about the energy and the vibrancy of this group is it really is a hometown project for everybody. And so you can see the pride of workmanship. You can see the, the incredible passion that everybody's put into this. Um, and this is going to stand here on the Arkansas River for generations to come and, and be a gathering place, not only for, for Wichitans and folks from Kansas, but as we've talked about, you're going to come up from Oklahoma and Texas. You're going to come over from Missouri to see this. And it'll be a place when we create this incredible uh, riverfront baseball and entertainment village, you know, for your families to just hang out on the riverfront and enjoy a, a nice afternoon or a nice evening and just be together as a family. So that was our vision, and uh, we're excited to be here, as, as you and I have talked about, and as folks know, you know, we've had 40 families from around the country move to Wichita who love living in Wichita. This is our home. As I like to joke with some of my friends in Wichita now, it's not our fault we weren't born here. <laughs> but we're here because we want to be, and uh, we're excited to be here. No, oh, it's a great, it's a great city. I've certainly enjoyed my six months here, and looking forward to baseball. Uh, you know, walking around the ballpark. You know, when you walk around, um, you know, historical ballparks like Wrigley Field, you think of the scoreboard. You think of the Ivy, of course, Fenway. You think of the Monster, uh, Oriole Park. You think of the Warehouse. What do you think, as this ballpark evolves, will be the signature part? you know, of Riverfront Stadium? Well, I think without question, it's the proximity to the river, and every seat's a great seat. And when you're sitting in your seat watching the game, you have the beautiful skyline of Wichita, um, all the, the buildings, the C2, the, the, the lights at night when you look out over the ballpark onto the cityscape. And you watch the river go by. We were one day early in the process watching the Wichita State University crew team practice on the river. And it just took my breath away. You know, it's 5 o'clock in the morning, and there they are out grinding. And, I, you know, you see the mist coming up from the river. And I said, what a great place to be. And, you know, I think that's where the magic is. And, and you know, the signature event of this city um, is activating this river fight you know, activating from one end of the riverfront, both east and west, because it is a glorious place. And I think for so long, uh, the potential's been there. And now to to really see the mayor and the city council and the, you know, the Kansas uh, Starbond folks come out and say, hey, we can activate this. We can create something extraordinary. And it's our moment. And so for everybody to come together at this place in time, um, was a moment that we all took advantage of in a way that so changes the landscape. And really, you know, as so many people are now saying, Wichita, you know, with the vision and the passion, not only for this project, but for the ambitious East Bank, is really poised to, to strive forward to be, you know, one of the next great Midwestern American cities. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to uh, opening day when it comes. Uh, you've been in baseball a long time. I, I touched on that. You know, we, we wear many hats. I mean, you're a baseball lifer. Uh, you know, I think back, at, you know, especially my early years, you know, when I was working in North Carolina and Hickory or Winston-Salem, the worst thing I probably had to do was clean the stadium once when the cleaning crew didn't show up. Tell, tell us a funny story, you know, or, or something that you hated most 
<laughs> that you know going back in your career especially back to the early years of, of something that, that you hated uh, that stands out well I, I've got to be honest with you you know this is my 40th season and and I you know I we, I remember taking my daughter to school all the way from you know grammar school up to middle school and then into high school and you know all those years working at McCoy Stadium with the Red Sox and and doing so many incredible things, um, I would say to her, you know, I've never once got up in the morning and had to go to work. And I love, on busy days, I would hop behind a concession stand and flip burgers or cook hot dogs or pour beer. I would, I, I remember my intern summer uh, in 1979, um, I was in an old, old rooming house in Rhode Island, and uh, they were ready to condemn it. And I packed up my my belongings in a 55-gallon trash bag and walked to the stadium because I didn't have a car. And I slept between the lockers of Bobby Ojeda and Bruce Hurst for the rest of that summer. And um, you look at the start, and then you look at the journey, and you say what a wonderful, incredible role it's been. And, and to, uh, to see it really begin to play out now in Wichita. Not sure I'll be sleeping between anybody's lockers, but uh, the magic that I felt that first summer uh, has never, ever abated, and I feel the same energy and vibrancy 40 years later and really feel like a 20-year-old kid again. It's just the magic of baseball is, is it connects people, it connects communities. When you, you come from Wichita now and you, you'll know, and I mean, you've been through it, I've been through it. When you see that first kid, like a jazz chisholm, take this town by storm with his infectious personality, his incredible talent, and then you see him play in Wichita and hit a walk-off home run, and then the next day he's called up to the big leagues. That's personal. You feel like you had a little bit to do with helping that guy on his way to making all his dreams come true, and, and that never gets old for me, so... Um, there's never been anything at the ballpark that I've never wanted or didn't like doing, to be honest with you. No, I get you. The, the highlight of your career, probably championships, probably opening this ballpark eventually, I would assume, probably might be the, the feather in the cap that you like most when it's all said and done. Well, you know, we've been blessed. You know, Andy and I were talking about this the other day. I mean, we worked together back in the day in Pawtucket. Uh, and we were blessed to be part of that longest game in baseball history. We played 33 innings. Um, and it's the longest game ever played in the 150-year history of professional baseball. And We like to joke now that, thank God, we won it in the 33rd inning. And uh, Dan Barry, Pulitzer Prize winner of the New York Times, wrote an incredible book called Bottom of the 33rd. And uh, that was kind of the launch point of the magic. And then in 84, we had a kid named Steve Lyons at third base and Roger Clemens, oil can Boyd, and Al Nipper and Steve Crawford on our rotation. And Jordan and I joke about this now. Jordan Coberts, our senior advisor, we went to the finals in Maine, a club that he won, he owned, and, uh, and won our first championship. And then watching the development of young kids like John Lester and Dustin Pedroyer and Jonathan Palpelbon, Kevin Euclidus, kind of the core of that that crop of kids that just were fearless breaking an 86 year old curse to to win the first world series championship in in almost nine you know decades with the boston red sox is something i'll treasure forever and 
being a part of three World Series championships before we moved on uh, to put uh, a group together to, to come to Wichita. I mean, the memories and the, the excitement, you know, I, as much as they're magic, I, I try not to look back on them too much because I always think that the next incredible memory is right over the horizon. And I think when we open this ballpark, um, it will be one of those knee-buckling moments when you see a community come together. Um, for me, when we put tickets on sale for opening day and opening day sold out in 44 minutes, I realized more than ever what baseball meant to Wichita. And we want to we want to honor that trust and we want to honor that passion and, and always try to do the right thing for this community and, and continually create events, whether it's baseball and concerts and high school football, and, you know, high school graduations, whatever we can do uh, to make this ballpark a true gathering place for the community. Uh, we're talking to our good friends across the way here with the Thunder about putting together a, a New Year's Day hockey game out in, out in center field. I mean, how cool would that be? Maybe a little snow, a little hockey. Just bring the community together with fun events and a beautiful ballpark. No, I'm looking forward to, to all the different events that we have at the stadium. You mentioned, uh, you know, being a part of the, the Red Sox World Series championships. After, um, you know, 86 happened, you know, with, with Bill Buckner and the New York Mets and then few years later a different generation later and you know Aaron Boone happened did you ever think you know being as true New Englander that you are <laughs> that the Red Sox would actually ever earn, you know, end the curse did, was there a part of you that thought this is never going to end well I got to tell you I sat uh, so I was with the, the big club in 86 and I went to every World Series game all seven and it was kind of like an interesting there was a lot of rain in New England and New York that week, and I had driven back and forth between Fenway Park and Shea Stadium. So a lot of the kids that had grown up in Pawtucket, um, when I first started my career, were good friends now. And so Bruce Hurst and Bobby O'Hader and Rich Gedman and Roger Clemens and Marty Barrett, uh, Wade Boggs were all friends, and they were all guys that I saw when nobody knew their name. And then to see them on that stage, um, I turned to Mike Tamboro, who was uh, the president of our club, with two outs in the ninth inning of game six and screamed because it was so loud at Shea. I said, can you believe we're actually going to win the World Series? <laughs> and he just hauled off and whacked me right across the chest, almost knocked me into the next row. He goes, don't jinx us. And he's held that against me to this day because you know what happened next. It's just one two-strike hit after another. And then, you know, uh, the Red Sox ended up losing that World Series. And the Boone walk-off, I, you know, I watched that with just agony because um, Tim Wakefield was such a great guy. And, again, another paw soccer. But when 2004 happened, and we were down to the Yankees 03. I remember Kevin Millar saying, just don't let us win game four. Sure enough, you know, there it was. Uh, incredible 12-inning come-from-behind victory. And, you know, David Ortiz cementing his legacy. And then all of a sudden you've got Pedro out there. And then you've got Schilling out there. And next thing you know, it's it's tied up 3-3. And 
now all the pressure's on the Yankees. And uh, I have that World Series ring at home, and I look at it every now and then, and it just says, greatest comeback in history. And now that Derek Jeter is our, our major league boss with the Marlins, I never bring it up. And I, I will never wear it. Um, but it's, it's, um, you know, it's just so much part of who you are when you see those great moments and you look back on them and, and you just, you think about the athletes. My favorite story of that whole time was, you know, there was a time when Bruce Hurst went through a really difficult time in Pawtucket. Bobby Ojeda really grabbed him and brought him back to the pitcher he could be. And, it could have gone either way for Hursty. And Ojeda got traded to the Mets. And before game seven, I saw the two of them. I happened to be down on the field and I saw one walk one way, one walk the other. They caught each other's eye. And I saw Ojeda take his glove and tap his heart and point to Hurst. And then I saw Hurst do the same thing. And it just brought me back to 1979 when those two kids were two left-handers trying to get to the big leagues. One was 13 and two, one was 13 and five. And here they are on opposite sides of the fence, just showing how much they loved each other. And Ojeda could not celebrate after they won the World Series until he went to see Hearst. And, uh, you know, those memories, you, you think about the competitive nature of the players, but the friendships they develop at the minor league level like they'll develop here in Wichita, really, you know, is that fiber and that thread that continues to weave people together through baseball. And those two guys um, are friends to this day 40 years later. Well, those are some of the, the great stories that, that baseball brings. And, uh, you know, before we let you go, I know you've had a rough month. Mookie Betts being traded, Tom Brady <laughs> signing as a free agent. Um you know, hey, I I'm a Chiefs fan now. Come on. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good. We won the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's great. But uh, I just want you to know, Patrick Mahomes' dad pitched for us in Pawtucket. I've when seen he was a five-year-old. I've seen Patrick Mahomes' dad, Patrick Mahomes Jr. I saw his dad pitch. I broadcasted many of his games. He yeah, he was in the PCL and you know obviously in the minor leagues for a long time. Um, so I know he was a good guy. Uh, before I let you go, you know, and I know we got a lot, uh, a lot to talk about, but uh, I wanted to keep this kind of brief. You moved to Kansas. You, uh, you know, obviously traveled here. Um, what's your favorite part about being a Kansan now? You know, the people in, in Wichita are so gracious and welcoming, and uh, we've made so many dear friends. And people have opened up their homes and their arms and, and uh, made us feel so welcome. Um, and I think my favorite part of being here is just, you know, how how incredibly real everybody is. You know, it's um, everywhere you go, uh, everyone you talk to is genuinely enthused about us being here and welcoming. And I think, you know, I think when you, you know, going over to Picasso's and talking to Kurt, you know, grabbing a slice of pizza is just pretty cool. And um being able to to talk baseball and, and have his kids walk over to the ballpark when it's being built, you can see their eyes wide and what it means to him. And 
what it means to this neighborhood and the community. I just love the people. The people are astounding. It's a great place to be. Well, Lou, stay healthy. Appreciate you spending some time with us and uh, appreciate you being our first guest on Surge Baseball and Beyond. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate it. All Look right. forward to doing it again. Hopefully we'll have a game here for you to broadcast in the next, you know, month and, and uh, have you do a real job now. I'm certainly looking forward <laughs> to that. And we're back. Tim, that was a great interview with uh, with our managing partner, Lou Schweckheimer. Uh, again, folks, we apologize that we're recording this uh, remotely and recording things over the phone, and we really hope you enjoyed the insight. Tim, what did you get out of that, that interview? You know, it was fun. I... Um... You know, I started scribbling down some questions about 20 minutes before, you know, I called him up on the phone and I had a lot more questions. But, you know, Lou, he goes on and on. And, you know, I really was interested um, to hearing him like talk about the curse of the Boston Red Sox and, you know, how exciting it was to build a ballpark from scratch. And, you know, he's such a charismatic guy. And, uh, you know, I'm actually shocked he's never been a a politician or ever gone into that just because the way he talks and, and the way he, uh, you know, he takes his presence. It's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I've, I've worked in the office with him for 20 some odd years. And I'm telling you, I, I personally, I don't, I don't say this to his face, but he's always been like Walt Disney to me because everything that he's imagined, everything that he's seen, he's always like two or three steps ahead. And then he has the people around him that are able to help, manifest his dream and i don't think people really realize how special this ballpark is going to be as part of a long-term vision to really just have some wonderful magical things happen along that that, uh, yeah no i mean obviously we've walked through it we've been in you know we've watched it over the last seven eight months you know because you and i were both in new orleans Mm -hmm. you know when they broke ground and they did the early construction but we've seen it on a day-to-day basis and i'm really looking forward to you know, after the day we sold tickets and we sold out opening day in 40 minutes, 45 minutes, you know, and seeing everyone's reaction as they came off the tour and did the tours, I'm really looking forward to that first day that, you know, we have a big crowd in there and be able to throw baseball, you know, be able to throw that first pitch for the first time. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be something magical. It's going to be unbelievable. And, and hopefully we get through this. So, Folks, uh, thank you for tuning in. Tim, thanks for setting this up. I look forward to uh, uh, recording next week, our next podcast. And and what we're going to do, folks, is we're going to reach out to different members of our uh, senior management and and all the way down and just give you a little insight and background on on who we are and and what we see happening, where we're from. And um, we're looking forward to just keeping you up to date and informed. And then as things start to brighten up and we get ready for baseball, we hope to start incorporating more of the baseball uh, side of it. Um, you know, Tim will be able to set up some great interviews with members of our coaching staff, our players, the Marlins, and uh, we'll keep you up to date and informed about what's going on. And, and the most important thing is you know, stay home, you know, practice that social distancing. Uh, great time to listen to podcasts while you're working out at home or going for a walk, hopefully. And, and uh, just you know, keep your hands clean. Don't touch your face. All the things that you hear on uh, uh, from our government, letting us know for us to be safe and, Tim, uh, I know for you, uh, thank you to your wife. I know she works in the medical field, and we appreciate everything that they do for us. And I look forward to talking to you again sometime next week, Tim. Yeah, sounds great. Stay healthy. You got it. Thanks, folks. Talk to you soon. Look forward to talking to you soon on Surge Baseball and Beyond.